Look, uh, Tom, I know you've been on the show uh, before and um, coming from Mornington Peninsula, uh, where you are, I guess you're there at the moment, um, and you, you would know the show well, but I've been a big lover of your wines for a long time. And um, the reason why I actually was close five and I wanted to get you back on, it goes back a few weeks ago when it was our International Chardonnay Day. And I thought, okay, who would I want to speak to about Chardonnays that I love? And I thought, Yabby Lake. So that was the reason, but that's actually a few weeks ago now. Um, so we might talk more about your fabulous Pinot Noirs, but that's what you're really, really well known for. So I guess um, you know, Yabby Lake is, it's a brand that people know so well, um, but I thought maybe we'd give you a chance to tell us your actual story. And because you've worked with some, you know, some big, big names, um, and, uh, you know, being at Coldstream Hills with James Halliday and and uh, Tim Napstein, who actually we've got on the show uh, next week. But um, can you tell us a bit about your love of wine and how you got into the industry? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a long story, <laughs> I suppose. But um, uh, going way back uh, to the late 80s, um, that's how old I am. But, um, yeah, I was uh, just trying to find my way uh, finishing school and working uh in a little um hotel and wine shop um and then uh saw an opportunity to work out uh, when they were planting at domain chandon in the yarra valley so i um worked a year in the vineyard back in 1988 and um you know really fell in love with um all things wine and vineyards and uh just happened to discover that there was a winemaking degree you could do so I um, promptly went off to Roseworthy the next year. Um, and really, from there, I just haven't stopped um, making wine. Um, working very early with Tim Napstein um, with his Lenswood project, which uh, you know was obviously the first signs of uh, Pinot Noir um, emerging in Australia and becoming something important. Um, so that was 91 and 2. And then, obviously, with James Halliday for a couple of years at Coldstream Hills, which was certainly focused very heavily on Pinot Noir in the Yarra Valley mm-hmm. and um, also, um, you know, developing uh, the, you know, the upper Yarra for, for table wine as well. So, yeah, uh, and then Yaring Station and, uh, and Yabby Lake. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, sort of its genesis was back there, back in the late 80s, working in, working in the vineyards. Mm. How, how long have you been with Yabby Lake now, um, Tom? Yeah, well, I moved from Yering Station in 2008, so we're coming up to, um, yeah, 14 years, which mm-hmm. has uh, been, a, been a, a, a very a great journey with Yabby Lake and what's, and what's happened down there. The, well, it goes, goes quickly, doesn't it? So, yeah, you would have seen the vines um, really mature in, those, in these last 14 years, I guess. Yeah, um, it was established in 98, so we're now at the point where, you know, the vines are, um, you know, past 20 years old and that's sort of certainly getting into some maturity and, um, yeah, they're not showing any young vine characteristics and, you know, it was really um, the way Yabby Lake was designed and planned right from the start was, um, you know, it's really uh, was a great um, amount of detail and effort put into, you know, getting the, getting the soil types mapped and then matching the, the varieties and clones to specific parts of the vineyard which you know back in that rush of the late 90s when everybody was planting a vineyard they just sort of you know grabbed a piece of land and stuck the vines in and um, 
you know, we really see the fruits of that, uh, that, you know, that pre-planning, I suppose, um, today at Yabby Lake with, yeah, the different blocks and, and the resources we have out there to really, you know, discover the, the, the you know, the essence of what uh, Yabby Lake Pinot can be. Sure. So um, is that part of your single block release program that I've been reading about, your block one and two? Or is that yes. something separate? No, that's, well, we sort of treat the vineyard as, um, uh, you know, all these, you know, some blocks and sub-blocks. Um, so we take each little parcel in from those sections uh, and break it up into the winery. Um, so off the, there's 100 acres of vineyard there um, and 10 different blocks that we end up making somewhere between sort of 45 to 50 different batches of wine off the vineyard mm. each year. Um, so we can really hone our viticulture and winemaking to, you know, tiny parts of the vineyard and, um, you know, discover what's what's working and, and what's not working in some of those um, sections. And, you know, we mature those wines during the year in barrel and assess them later in the year and, and sort of classify them based on where we think, that, you know, the quality and longevity and suitability of each batch is and we blend up either you know a single block release from one small section of the vineyard um mm. and then we have the yabby lake single vineyard blend, which is a blend of the you know the most uh the highest quality wines off the off the vineyard for each year and then uh we have red claw pinot as well which is you know those those batches of wine that are looking you know to be enjoyed earlier in their life rather than you know um wines that require a bit more cellaring so mm. sure what, what what sort of uh, quantities are you producing? What quantity? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, look, it depends on the year. Um, <laughs> and, um, well, in, you know, in the latest bin. Yeah. It, yeah, look, it, the, the interesting thing, uh, the sad thing about 22, the, well, it's great quality out of 22, but, um, we, you know, the big storm back in uh, November last year, meant that um you know a lot of the the vineyard was flowering at that time and um yeah we had terrible um set back then and and really low bunch numbers and bunch weights so we actually picked our mm. lowest crop ever off the vineyard uh, in 2022 so to give you some idea you know we sort of averaged just below a ton to the acre off the over the, the hundred acres um Whereas in a good year, you know, a normal year, we can average up to two to two and a half tonnes. So we're, you know, the quantity we make is one, based on what we pick off the vineyard, and then two, uh, the quality. So um, we don't blend, you know, our wines to a volume. We blend them to a quality. So the the amount of, we don't produce the block wines every year, for example, if we don't think they're up to the, you know, the standards we've set. And the single vineyard Pinot, um, can range from, you know, a 500 dozen up to, you know, maybe 1,500 dozen, depending on the quality produced in that year. Yeah, so sure. it's, um, yeah, how long is a piece of string, I suppose, is, it, is um, it, 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 it's, it's not an easy answer to that. It depends, depends yeah, on the totally. year and um, what uh, Mother Nature is giving us. <laughs> Good. Got, got in mind, and when you say 500 dozen, that's, that's really not a lot. Um, do you find, does that mainly go to people in your in your uh, loyalty program or what's where is that going to? 
Oh, we have a national distributor that sells our wine right around Australia. So, you know, they get an allocation um, and they sell to, you know, restaurants and fine wine shops. And then we have a cellar door at the property. We have yep. a wine club wine club also. So, uh, you know, a combination of those um, those different parts of the market. Mm. Um, the cellar door yeah. looks great. Um, yeah, it's really, and you know, get certainly in, in nice weather, it's you can sit out on the grass and, and on the terrace. Yeah, it's a pretty, um, we've tried to create a pretty casual, welcoming feel there. Um, you know, there's a restaurant with 60 seats that does, um, you know, really lovely food. Um, you know, Chef's been there, you know, seven or eight years now, Simon West, and he's just, uh, he's, him and his team do a great job. And yeah, there's a lawn area, and during summer, we just have lots of people just hanging around, taking it easy, having a glass of wine, and enjoying the view. So yeah, it's extremely Perfect. well supported. Are you, uh, is the restaurant and the cellar door open you know, every day of the week or only certain days? No, it's seven days a week, um, and right. the restaurant's open for lunch. So, And that view that you mentioned is stunning, isn't it? So you look out of the cellar door and you look down, basically down a, a, a sloping um, you know, field of, of vines and then to out to Port Phillip Bay. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. catch a, a glimpse of the bay and... Um, you know, it's quite, uh, you get a real feel you're in the country when you're at Yabby Lake. You don't see too much, um, you know, you don't see any houses or any, um, you know, sort of build-up of um, population. You're just sort of sitting there, it's lovely and quiet. You know, the kangaroos are hopping around the, the vineyard. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really lovely spot to enjoy a glass of pino. Yeah, totally. Hey, can you tell us a bit about your Red Claw range? Yeah, sure. So Red Claw is, um, we, we have um, a couple of other vineyards on the peninsula, uh, one down at Red Hill and one sort of just next door to Yabby Lake that we um, we farm ourselves. And um, so combined with what comes off Yabby Lake and the other couple of vineyards, we produce uh, the Red Claw range, which is sort of an introduction to our, our um you know, our, our Yabby Lake range. So they're priced around the sort of $30 a bottle. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, support in restaurants that buy the glass. You'll see Red Claw Pinot is very, very popular uh, mm. wine in um, you know in restaurants and, and and in retailers and at cellar door. So it's sort of um, yeah, really lovely, approachable wines that um, you know are ready to go when you buy them. Yeah, it's a it's a, you, you actually your distribution is is really quite good. I, I've noticed it in retail quite a lot, both Yabby Lake and Red Claw. And um, is is Red Claw more an uh, a sort of an on premise, you know, first pour sort of thing, or is it is it more a bottle shop um, product or range? Well, it's a bit of both, and I think it, its popularity grew by having good um, restaurant distribution and by the glass. Yeah. Uh, in in sort of a, a range of different restaurants where you know people get to try it and um, enjoy it, obviously, and you know restaurants support it, um, you know because it's it's quality and it, and it's pricing um, and it's grown in retail um, just due to the fact that um, it's a popular wine and lots yeah. of people have tried it and, and they want to come back for it. <laughs> yeah, and they want they want, to, they want more. So. Um, yeah, and Mornington Peninsula is a, a pretty small region. You know, it's um, it's probably only about 20, 20% the size of the Yarra Valley, for example, in terms of vineyard area. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, once people do get a taste for Mornington Pinot, um, yeah. it is it is pretty hard to get. Um, there's only a, a few wineries 
uh, like ourselves at Yabby Lake that um, produce, you know, enough quantity that can get some, you know, broader distribution. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it look, it's well worth visit for anyone, um, anyone who's uh, yeah heading to to the Mornington Peninsula. I think it, you know it's a definite call in, you know, hopefully you've got some time to, to have, try the food, Simon's food. And um, uh, Tom, do you, do you get into the um, salad or yourself much to sort of, you know, get some time with, with people uh, who, who are enjoying your wine? Oh, well, I'm always popping popping down and checking everything going all right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of in and out. Um, I, don't, I don't get rostered on, but no. um, <laughs> I'm always <laughs> popping my head in and, uh, you know, seeing what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you... <laughs> Go on, Jill. Sorry. Tom, I was actually going to ask you to explain it. Uh, quite often we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we'll have some Queensland or New South Wales wineries on and we're explaining to Victorians and South Australians about how to get there and what to do. But can you do it on the flip side? So for Queenslanders who, uh, now that we can actually get out and get back into our state, um, when we do want to leave our lovely weather and visit these you know, these beautiful wine areas. And especially, as you just said, I didn't realise that um, Mornington was about 20% of the Yarra when it comes to... So, uh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's... Um, nice it was that small in comparison. So so let's um, let's put it on the map for Queenslanders. Uh, what's, is, is there plenty of accommodation? What's the... Uh, what's what's big there? What's, what's for people to do apart from, obviously, drink wine and go to good restaurants like yours? Yeah, look, there's lots of, um, you know, uh, uh, most of the wineries have a cellar door and, and a food offering. Um, <clears throat> and there's some quite, you know, um, high quality restaurants, winery restaurants um, that are, you know, really trying uh, that, you know, that, that top end food offering. Um, accommodation, there's quite a number of um, different options. You've got an RACV, uh, you know, really large facility down at um, Cape Shank. Um, there's a more boutique sort of hotel, um, Jackalope, um, which is actually not that far from Yabby Lake. It's just around the corner, which mm-hmm. is, you know, really, really lovely place to stay. And then you've got a lot of, you know, bed and breakfasts and, and smaller accommodation. So, it, 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 yeah, it's not too hard, too, too hard to find a, a place to stay down there. And, and then, Jill, a lot of people... Um, who have properties, you know, um, holiday homes down on the Mornington Peninsula, you know, all the way out, you know, to the end to Portsea, they will come up. Uh, it's an easy trip up for lunch, um, you know. So what would it take you from the right at the at the end at Portsea there to get to you, Tom? Would it be 25 minutes or? Oh, it'd be probably a little bit longer, maybe 40 minutes. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, it's a pretty small region, but... Um, um, it's um, it's amazing how you can still get lost there and find these little crannies <laughs> on the peninsula. You're like, oh, where am I? You know? <laughs> lovely, I have lovely. actually been there. I have been there a few times, and I'm I'm always blown away. For one, it's just it is so beautiful, and again, I think it's just surprising me that um, the the size of it is is smaller. Um, than I really would imagine because of what it has to offer. I mean, I've stayed at the um, the Cape Shank when it was brand new, the RACB. I mean, what they've done there is like world-class facility. It's absolutely stunning. Um, mm. But then there's also like, these lovely little uh, Airbnbs that are down at, is it Rosebud? 
one of those is rosebud one of the towns that are dotted on the um, yeah so all those little those gorgeous little uh, townships that are dotted along the beaches it kind of offers a little bit of what i guess western australia can do at margaret river um you know you've got the vines that run basically down to the beach and it's it's a very special you know it's not just scenic it's bringing in it's bringing in so many different factors and it's just it's very very gorgeous but then when you even look at the different restaurants around and the different the quality of of the vineyards it's actually you know it's, it's really impressive i'm not here to talk about all the other different wineries in mornington but um yeah. you know basically you're hard pressed to find one that isn't you know like really really five out of five. Oh, look there's some fabulous wineries down there and uh, when you get down and and sort of drive around and um discover them there'll be places you've never heard of um because you know mm-hmm. they're quite small you know, there's sort of yep. 10 and 15 acre vineyards with uh, making their own wine and and, and um, cellar door. And you'll go, oh, I've never heard of this. And, you know, mm. you can really discover some little gems uh, down there. So it's a, it's a great place to visit. And, um, yeah, just yeah. Uh, it really does have discover, uh, you know, a bit, bit, bit of the wine culture down there. Yeah. And there really is, um, you know, quite quite a range, isn't there? So from that little little hidden gem that you're talking about which will be potentially you know a, a, you know, a husband and wife team and then you, you go up to you know Port Phillip Estate and 10 minutes by tractor where it's sort of more a food offering with some wine attached to it I find. Yeah and there's also Point Leo Estate mm. which is a you know pretty big um, development of recent years you know mm. with a, a really substantial food offering and and great views over the over the bay to Phillip Island, so um, and a huge sculpture park. So there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a whole range of you know from your tiny you know mum and dad operation right up to um, you know that um, Port Phillip Point Leo offering. Mm, nearly nearly corporate size kind of thing, isn't it? Um, we're yeah. we're going to have a chat with Damon Eastow uh, from Flying Fish Cove over in Margaret River, and of course over there they're next level again, aren't they? Some of those places. Yeah, Margaret River's a fabulous spot. You've just got all that forest and mm. great wines and the beach and yeah, it's just uh there's just a there's a great vibe in Margaret River. Yeah. Um Tom, we must mention the the Heathcote region because you've got Heathcote estate. Um mm. so do you, how much time of your kind of vintage um well, I suppose your winemaking year, how much time do you sort of spend Getting over there, doing you know, um, work in the vineyard, or you know, and then at vintage. Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time in the car, um, <laughs> <laughs> driving up there and driving back to the Mornington, and and I, I live in the Arrow Valley, so um, I do um, I do a lot of driving. Um, but yeah, we we make all the the, the we bring the Heathcote grapes um, down from Heathcote down to Yabby Lake, and we produce it there. So I suppose um, leading up to picking. When we're sort of, you know, deciding when to get going, you know, I'll be up there, you know, maybe three or four times in a week, just, you know, checking out the vineyard and making sure we're getting that picking day right. Um, and then during the rest of the year, uh, once we get picking, um, you know, we're sort of into it. Um, and the rest of the year is just, uh, you know, every every week or so, pop up, see what's going on. Um, yeah, look, it's a it's a fabulous um, region. We're just, you know, producing mainly Shiraz off that. Uh, vineyard and um, recently we um, have got our organic certification for Heathcote. All right. So all the wines, uh, yeah, all the wines off um, from twenty twenty two onwards are certified organic, which um, you know it's a three year uh, process to um, 
to get certified. So we've been through that transition period and now we're, we're certified. So um, it's quite exciting to have uh, organic plastered all over the wines this year um, in, in the winery. So that's um, a development. We've actually just... Um, We've actually released a wine from 2022, um, which is a bit of a new uh, direction for Heathkit, but we've released a um, preservative-free, 100% certified organic wine from the 2022 vintage, uh, which was bottled about 10 days ago and on sale at um, the cellar door. So wow. um, yeah, wow. the wine looks amazing. It's incredible. It's that would be great, very so. interesting to taste. Um, c- can you tell us, what do you find? Because obviously it's, the, it's, it's going to be a different tasting wine, isn't it? I mean, it's 100% free of preservatives. It's, um, you know, it's fully organic. What, what can the, what can the, what's the experience? What's, what's the palate experience? Well, it, it, it tastes like a good red wine. Um, it just tastes like a very young red wine. So probably as a wine mm. maker, you know, we're used to tasting wines, you know, once they're finished fermentation and we're sort of pressing them and putting them to barrel and whatever, you're tasting those really young wines. Um, but for the consumer, it's not. It, look, it's not too different from having a glass of Shiraz. It is just very fresh, very intense. It's got you know loads of sort of black fruit and the palate is you know silky and juicy and sort of crunchy all at the same time. Um, mm. And it's just vibrant and intense. And yeah, there's a growing demand for you know, preservative-free wines. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. we wanted to we wanted to have a crack at that. And, um, yeah, and obviously the organic certification is, um, you know, important to us and to a lot of consumers out there as well. So, mm. Um, mm. yeah, we, the, wine, the wine looks great. Um, we're extremely happy with it. We've showed it to a, a, you know, a few customers last week and our distributor and, um, yeah, they're super excited about it. And, um, yeah, so... Yeah, it's on sale now, 30 bucks a bottle at Cellar Door. So. Mm, that's an interesting proposition then. Yeah. Well, has it got the same longevity as, as a wine that you would make with sulphur? Oh, look, that's to be seen. I mean, we'll discover yeah. how it goes. Um, yeah. But, you know, it looks so intense and, and vibrant at the moment. I can't see any reason why it wouldn't um, age quite well. Mm. Um, I think the the attraction to the wine is how vibrant it is right now and how just alive it, it, it it's um its presence it's just it's just a really vibrant glass of wine and you mm. know enjoy it while it's um have, have, while it, it's, um, have it now yeah. yeah and then you don't have yeah, to worry about it whether it'll last or it won't oh <laughs> yeah and um, if you want to sell it, stuff by the he's going get a state single vineyard <laughs> Shiraz, which, yeah you know obviously has a long track record of cellaring uh, just a quick couple of questions on that because I, I do find it very interesting. Do you find that the alcohol content is is, is modified um, by this this different approach, or that it doesn't really? It's not a factor. Um, look, that's more around our decision when to pick. So when we were, when we were mm-hmm. thinking about making this wine, we certainly didn't want to make a really high alcohol wine. We wanted a wine that was, you know, juicy and vibrant and. Um, you know, with those sort of black, fresh sort of fruit characters. Um, so we, we didn't want a big, thick, jammy sort of high alcohol thing. Uh, that's not what we're about at Hayskit. So, you know, I think the alcohols come out about 13.2 or 3%, which is, you know, it, it's quite, that's actually quite moderate for a lot of Hayskit wines. A lot of them, you know, do push the 15%, but we're very, very keen on getting those alcohols in that 
in that um, 13 to 13 and a half range, uh, where we just feel the balance of the wine is is much is much better. You know, mm. it's not dominated by that high alcohol sort of overripe characters, so you won't find that in our wines. Um, yeah. So. So was was 22 the um, like the perfect vintage for you to to do the first one of these these wines with the preservative free and obviously the the organic certification aligning with it as well? Yeah, well, that was sort of the story was, you know, we are certified organic, but, um, you know, the, the Heathcote Estate single vineyard Shiraz, um, I mean, we're just, we're still selling the, just finishing on the 2019 vintage. So, you know, that sort of sells it, um, you know, it gets a, a, a year in the winery in barrel and then another year in the bottle before it's released. So it was partly how can we get this, story about the organic certification um, out into the market and then uh, just thinking around you know looking at the wine market and where there's demand and what we're not um, meeting where we're not meeting the demand um, and it was like this wine oh this can be really interesting <clears throat> we can we can have a crack at this preservative free and get that organic certification story out there so that's sort of where it came from you know two two things so yeah, yeah, that's uh, well done. It, that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to trying it. It's a, uh, I've only had one that was yeah. preservative free, and it's a, a uh, um, an Italian family up in um, the King Valley, um, La Cantina. Um, mm-hmm. But I found there's just has a touch of an oxidative character about it. Yeah, well, I, I haven't tried that wine, but you know we were very keen to um, not have those characters in the wine, yeah. so we wanted to retain that. That fruit intensity and colour, that you know, the incredible colour that Heathcote has um, in the wines, and that intensity of fruit. So that's why we, you know, bottled it so early. You know, we got it through its, uh, you know, primary fermentation and then through malolactic fermentation as quick as we possibly could, and then prepped it for bottle and bottled it. Um, it didn't see oh, one tiny section of it, saw a tiny bit of oak, but it was basically kept in tank. It was. It's uh, <clears throat> completely protected. It hasn't seen really any oxygen at all. And, mm. um, you know, it's just, uh, we just thought, let's get it into bottle as soon as we can. So mm. um, oh, yeah, well we want to we showcase that that fruit intensity that you get in Heathcote and those, you know, that lovely I'll, vibrancy. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a real, really interesting to see, you know, um, you know, how many people are sort of, you know, coming to, to try that, you know, because there, you know, there is a movement for sure about, you know, lower, lower sulfur and all that sort of thing. Um, so, um, Tom, that's, yeah, thank you. Um, we can't uh, visit the Cellador in Heathcote anymore, but have you got wines on at the wine hub in Heathcote? Uh, I think they do have a couple of our wines. Yep. Mm. Um, but you know, you can order online, um, yeah. at yabbylake.com and then at the Yabby Lake Cellador, we've got all the Heathcote wines on for tasting and by the glass in the restaurant then for sale. So Excellent. Well, another reason we've got to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, thank you. Um, I hope you uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Are you actually down at the Mornington Peninsula or are you at home in, in uh, the Yarra? I'm at home in the Yarra and it's a bit it's a very cold and wintry sort of day, so we've uh, got the open fire going and I don't think there'll be much else happening. Oh, <laughs> Maybe a oh that sounds lovely, though. N- nice bottle of red this evening. That sounds glorious. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Tom, thank you. We'll, we'll no doubt chat again because there's always things happening with you and uh, and with Yabby Lake. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the next thank time. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate you coming on again. Great. No problems. Thanks, 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 Thanks Tom. Bye.